how <laughs> I'm curious how they even made a hazy IPA at only 3.5%. Well, just like when we screw up and don't put enough grains in. Okay, valid point. You could still add lots of hops. And just market it. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Just bongo drums on the can and you're good. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence, Mr. Accountant. It's finally, we're back good on. Day. Yeah, it's, it's uh, been a while. I know, it feels like forever, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's what you need to hear at three o'clock in the afternoon on the West Coast, eh? Yeah. Did you see the the artistry on this can that I bought today? Yeah, I really like it. It it caught my eye in the store. So there you go. Visual marketing did its job. This is Tropical Haze, Hophead Tropical Haze. And the thing is, I didn't tell you that it's a 3.5% light beer because it is three in the afternoon. It is Friday, yeah. but it's, you know, it is, it's appropriate. It seems fair to start the weekend with. Yeah. And oh, we don't have The Economist with us today, but we replaced him with a better looking version of another accountant who is Jolie. And fans of the other podcast, Explorify Canada, will know her from a few episodes there. Or you are prolific all over the internet with all the things that you're doing. And that's why we've got you on to talk about the stuff you're doing with Junior Achievement, with First Pay Finance, with your coaching, with your, your gender biased Facebook group. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Jolie. Thank you. Great to be here, guys. Yeah. Did you uh, bring a beverage for your happy hour? I did. I'm not a beer drinker at all. Um, but uh, last month we were in the Shiswap and we went out to one of our favorite wineries. So I have a Large Hills 2020 Zigareba that Ooh, I am nice. drinking tonight right here. So cheers, guys. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. Now, the accountant didn't want to talk about camping on the show. But I'm bringing it up right away before we get into the important stuff, because <laughs> Jolie, all summer long, I'm checking out your Instagram and you guys are camping here, you're camping there, you're in the trailer like every weekend, pretty much. It was like almost every weekend. And through the week. Yeah. And through the week. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And accountant, you use your trailer, your truck and trailer camper a fair bit as well. You did a road trip before COVID up to Alaska in it. You go up and down the island here. Yep. I, I don't have the luxury of a, of a truck and trailer like you guys do. Um, Julie, is there anything like FI type related that you could, you know, because I think that got a lot more popular recently, right? With not being able to travel internationally. So everyone like you can't buy a camper now to save your life, right? So do you do things before your trips? Like, do you plan out all your meals for the trip? Do you, what are the money saving things that you do when you do these frequent road trips? Anything in particular? Well, I think, I mean, we were into it. We've had our truck and trailer for seven years now. So we've done seven summers worth of camping. And so we do do some preparation, but honestly, I think it's just that we're staying relatively local. We're not paying for flights, right? Yeah. So I think that in yeah. itself is a big saver, but there's some things you just spend money on. Um, one big thing that's been good for us with two teenagers is being able to eat food out of the trailer. For so sure. we're having grocery bills instead of yes. restaurant bills, right? And like even when we go out sometimes, like we'll feed our 15-year-old boy a couple two butter <laughs> and jelly sandwiches before we go into a restaurant because that's his appetizer, right? So there's a cost saver right there. So so like I have a couple beers at home before I go to the <laughs> pub. That's like you feed him a couple peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's awesome. Precisely. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense. Accountant, do you have anything that you guys do in particular for your camping trips that uh, planning ahead to save yourself on restaurant bills or things like that? 
I mean, we plan ahead, but it's more just space-wise in the camper so that I can fit a couple weeks worth of food in there without having to go anywhere. But I mean, like Jolie said, it's, you know, campgrounds are relatively cheap. A lot of times I'm not even staying in campgrounds and I'm not paying for flights, not paying for all the other stuff. So you can get a pretty extended vacation on pretty similar to what you'd be spending at home anyway. So it doesn't really change things that much. Right. And I guess all the equipment that you have, you've sort of picked up over the years because you've been doing this for a long time, right? I'm just thinking about people who this is very new to them. And the, you, it's pretty overwhelming because now you need a propane fire pit because there's always fire bands everywhere, right? And you need your chairs and your camp. Your, do you camp, you cook inside your trailers or do you have like portable stoves or, you know, like that's the kind of thing where I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and could spend a few thousand dollars on getting set up for cheap camping, right? Oh, easily a few thousand dollars. And yeah, you, keep you can go a lot harder than that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, to my parents' credit, they're like, oh, that trailer was great because now we have Christmas gift ideas for you. <laughs> right, <Yep>. right. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jolie, favorite camping trip of the year? This year? Um, probably been, would have been when we went up through, we did Banff and Jasper, which is beautiful. Jasper was smoking hot though. Like in the mountains, we hit 40 degrees. Like it was Ooh. insane. Yeah. I think the dome was all, all over us, all over Western Canada at that point. Yeah. So yeah. that was hot. But then we went up to Grand Prairie, which we'd never camped at before. And then we kind of scooted around up there and then came down um, still in the, the rural area. We didn't come through Edmonton or anything. So that was all new territory and just exploring, relaxing, finding lakes, you know, going for a kayak. It was awesome. Yeah. You guys did a lot of hiking and you got great pictures on your Instagram there. Mm-hmm. Count, did you leave the island this year? I don't know if you did. You did a couple trips in you. Uh, not this year. I didn't leave the island, but I did just two days ago, get back from, uh, eight days up in Tofino on the beach. So that was definitely the highlight of the year for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I did as little as possible and sat in a chair on the beach with a beer and it was very needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. Just to segue into this is you're, you, okay. You needed the beach vacation to get away from work, which you've been threatening to leave work for a long time. Jolie, you left, you left work. You're no longer a practicing accountant. But as I mentioned at the beginning, you've got a half dozen or more things on the go. Are you busier now than you were when you actually just had a job? Some days I think so. <laughs> like the last two weeks have been bananas. And you know, to your point from a podcast you guys recently released. I must not be a boring person because I am not bored right now. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also, you said I was threatening to leave. It's no longer a threat. <laughs> well, I'll believe it when it's real. Don't believe me, eh? Yeah. Congratulations for uh, pretending to give notice again. <laughs> so, Jolie, let's dig into some of these projects that you're working on because they are interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think some of our listeners will... Uh, Will be they'll be new to the listeners and they'll be helpful. Uh, where do you want to start? You start us off with with you pick something and we'll go with there and, and work through some of the stuff. Sure, sure. So yeah, I'm a CPA. I've been a CPA for like almost 20 years, and it was three years ago that I started my business. So that's called well-being coaching. And what's funny is because I was already not working, I had loads of time to volunteer. And so I was doing lots with junior achievement and teaching financial literacy to kids at schools. So I thought, oh, hey, I can make a business out of this. Mm. 
So I thought I was going to be teaching kids. And lo and behold, all these professional women have the exact same questions. So that's actually who I work with the most is ladies in their 30s and 40s trying to figure out their money. Which is awesome because the there's sort of no gender bias with money anymore. I think everybody realizes that you know financial literacy is that much more important these days. So that's mm-hmm. now was that kind of the genesis? You've got a Facebook group which is Canadian um, Lady Money Ladies Club, Ladies Money Club, right? <laughs> so I've my around. <laughs> yeah. So that was all kind of part of it is that I'd be working with my ladies and you know my clients, and then they'd say, "Oh, but I just want to keep these conversations going because." their friends might not be into it. Or, you know, it's hard to share with your family or, you know, even on Facebook to say, oh, I've paid off my mortgage. And everybody's like, yeah, about that. So they wanted to be able to continue these conversations. And so that's what was the start. Uh, And it's only just over a year old, my Facebook group called Canadian Ladies Money Club. And I'm super excited, proud to say there's over a thousand ladies in there now from all across Canada. And so how fantastic to have so many different voices just willing to share and to ask questions and have this safe place to talk all things money. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I noticed my membership has been declined at least four times now. So (laughs) I'll keep trying with another alias. But no, I think it's it's super awesome that you, you've got that. And it is it is all about community, right? And having that safe mm-hmm. place to share. And mm-hmm. what do you find with that group of uh, women that you work with? Do they do a lot of them single? A lot of them have spouses? Do you drag the spouse into it as well? I shouldn't say drag. Do you encourage the <laughs> spouse to participate as well? Like, how does that look? Because you do, you do actual specific one-on-one coaching as well, not just facilitate the discussions, right? Mm-hmm. Is it mostly single? Is it sort of a mix of what do you find? It's a total mix. Number one, I don't drag anybody into it. (laughs) That was a bad choice of words. (laughs) But, you know, if I I do work with lots of single women, whether they're divorced or separated or whatever that looks like. Um, But I also work with lots of couples as long as they're both totally on board. And so if both parties are like game to say, yeah, let's get this sorted out, they're going to get the best value when they're both in on the calls because, when we talk about goals and we talk about what are your priorities, they're coming up with these ideas together. And so that makes everything a lot clearer for their plan at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I work with whatever. I also, uh, I call it my single ladies rate and I have my couples clients as well. I've also worked with men and my single ladies rate. So uh, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So you're not exclusive in any form. That's awesome. No. Now, do you, discuss FI FI with your clients or do you just sort of get into the basic nuts and bolts of helping them track their spending, budgeting? Uh, Do you find people kind of enter different stages or some people wanted to know about investing? Some people want to know budgeting. Are there people coming and say, Hey, I've heard of financial independence. I really want to know more about that. What's the, what, how do you attack that angle? Uh, Everything that I give them as resources and homework always has a little bit of an FI slant to it, for sure. Uh, I must say, I'm super excited. I was just peeking at a client's homework this just this week, and one of their goals. This is like before we've even had our very first session, and in their goals, they say how to reach Coast FI. 
And I'm like, yes, because nice. they're, they're aware. They know, they know that it's close and attainable, but they're not sure what that means or how it looks. And so, but yes, to answer your question, some of my clients come in with oodles of debt and they need to figure out their cash flow. And so we spend a lot of time doing that and getting that kind of sorted out and, you know, into a budget to say, how much can you afford to pay that down? And how much can you afford to save at the same time? And then some of my clients come and they're just looking for, okay, we think we got a pretty good handle. Of course, they always learn something anyway in the whole spending part that we go through. But then we get right into the um, investment piece. But I have to say, I have to be careful because I'm educating. I'm not advising. Right. But a lot of the resources and stuff that I use are definitely in tandem with the fire community. And of course, I send them a Mr. Money Mustache article, or I'll tell them, you know, watch this YouTube about the fire community, that kind of thing, just to at least get them experienced into what that could look like. Right on. How big of a shock is it for a bunch of them? I assume that you get people in that have no financial literacy and to see that there are people doing things drastically different. Like, do you get some interesting reactions on that side? You know, one of my favorites is I was talking with, you know, potential clients just talking about what I do and all of that. And I said, you know, I have a single mom client and she found $1,800 in her monthly budget. She just didn't know what was going on with her money. And so I was telling this couple's client, you know, as we were on a call and a few called, they signed up and it was all great. And then like four sessions later, the husband comes clean and he says, so when you mentioned that, I thought, no way, not attainable. How could that ever be a thing? And now I'm living it. (laughs) So Yes, they come in and they might be skeptical, but you know, as we work through it, then it's like ding, the lights are going on, right? Yeah, very cool. I should re- revisit my budget. I think I've gotten sloppy. Budget. <laughs> okay, you're not budget tracking. I should do some closer tracking. <laughs> well, you know, you know what it's like, accountant. We've, you know, you get to a place where you've kind of got your investments dialed in. It's doing what you want it to do. Uh, you've got your your housing sorted out, your vehicle sorted out. You stop. I stop. I've stopped tracking as precisely as I used to. Oh, right. hundred. Once you, that's the thing is once yeah. you get it dialed in, you don't actually have to do a lot to keep it there or even care really about the specifics of where it is. Well, true. But as Julie's saying is we could probably squeeze out some more juice from the, the you could definitely, you but. could definitely squeeze out some more juice. But I think once you get into that mindset of, uh, I don't want to say frugality because I won't say that I'm frugal at all, but like value, mm-hmm. you know, like the value proposition of what you're getting for your money. Then, yeah. Well, exactly. Right. Because look, we're back curling this year, which is fantastic. So you and I had dinner last night to support the new uh, cafe in the club. And it's like, I was thinking about it. You know, we had, we shared some beer and we shared a dinner and it was 20 bucks each. Well, plus tip, 23 bucks each, which isn't expensive. But at the end of the day, you're kind of like, well, 23 bucks, I wouldn't have spent that much heating at home, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about meal planning, all the rest of it before. But it's a place that we enjoy being. It's good community atmosphere. We're supporting something that's value to us. So I don't have a problem with that. And I'm not going to worry about, you know, if we do that once a week for the next four months, it's okay, right? How do you handle that with your clients when they, they must, do you try and identify those things that they really value in their spending? 
That's session number one. We have oh, yeah. to start there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And really, I come at it with um, values and your money mindset, money stories, all of that we talk about. Uh, but it's really, as far as the tracking part, it's about being intentional. Mm. So if you can get your head around the fact that, yes, I value this and I want to spend it, it matters less. Of course, once you're practiced with doing this, it matters less than about tracking. Did you spend the $20 on eating out or did you buy um, whatever at Walmart, right? It doesn't matter where the money went. If in the moment when you're buying it, you're being very intentional, mm-hmm. right? So I have some clients that are like, yeah, we're good. We don't need a budget. And of course, those are the people that don't have credit card get debt and don't need a cash flow plan, right? Yeah. Um, but some of my clients do want to track it like real dialed in. I don't make anybody do like follow a hardcore budget and all of that. Some of my clients love it. Once they figure out what this is all about, and this is a plan to design their life, they're like, oh yeah, give me YNAB because now my husband and I, we're on the same page and we know what we're allowed to spend to make sure that we're making our dreams happen too. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Now, one thing I, I'm thinking about here is I know we've all read Psychology of Money, which was a fantastic book. Like, highly mm-hmm. recommend that for people. Mm-hmm. And it really sounds like, you know, the more that I've learned, it sounds like that's almost where you need to start with people instead of starting at the numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are accountants, yeah. so you're great at doing spreadsheets and numbers, <laughs> but that doesn't help people at the beginning of this journey to, you know, financial independence. Who cares about the numbers? It's getting your head in the right space, knowing what your why is, understanding what your own personal psychology of money is. Do you mm-hmm. you did a book stu- uh, book study with your group on that? How did that go? How did people find it? Were there some epiphanies? I don't think so because it's that book in particular is quite an easy read, right? And so the language was easy to digest. The stories were easy to think about, and you know, put yourself into that situation. It's really just more about that reminder mm-hmm. to say, oh yeah, I do have to, you know, put that a little bit more front and center. Uh, so yeah, over in Canadian Ladies Money Club, we had three meetups just talking about that book and the different stories and how it has impacted our life. You know, we talked about how did we get here? Then we talked about how our spending is impacted by our psychology of money and then also how our investing Mm-hmm. is impacted by that as well. So I wouldn't say that there were necessarily big epiphanies, but it was, again, just great to meet and chat with other people about it to say, oh yeah, I kind of had forgotten. I'd fallen off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one that we've really uh, lack in society is that at some point it became impolite to talk about money mm-hmm. socially and everybody didn't do it and you didn't talk about it with your parents. And then you have this entire generation of people that They've got no one to talk to and they have questions or they want to see what other people are doing or they want to know what do you feel about this and well you don't talk about it well why not we talk about everything else why wouldn't we talk about that it's kind of a big one yeah and you know i think to that point i think that's where i'm getting a lot of clients as well is because they're running into the stage where oh shoot i should be teaching my kids this and they don't know they don't have the basics to teach their kids and so they want to correct that and help get their kids on the right path as well and i think it's interesting too because you know we've witnessed sort of a paradigm shift in finance in general because you know my parents age was 
you just stuck money in the bank and a savings account because you were getting like six, seven, eight, nine percent return, or you got Canada savings bonds or whatever you did. You didn't have to learn about all the investing. And now you look at it and it's like, you can sign up for zero commission trading accounts all over the internet. You can have crypto accounts. You can have multiple bank accounts. You can have high interest savings account. There's so much more that's so easily accessible to people. It can almost be overwhelming because a lot of people's parents aren't savvy with the you know the fintech that's out there now, right? So like the accountant said, is there's this sort of gap of this generation unless they've kept up with all this this developments online, right? There's just so much out there. Investing isn't what it used to be. You don't pick up a phone and call a broker anymore. You've got some, you can take this on yourself and DIY it if, if that's what your thing is. Do you find your the people that you talk to do they want to become DIY or do they want to kind of get the courage and the information in front of them and then say, okay, good. Now I'm going to go see a fee-for-service financial advisor, or I want to pay an advisor. What do you find people's psychology is on that? So my slant being part of the FIRE community is probably a little bit more towards the DIY, mm-hmm. but I have clients that do everything. I have some clients that, yes, will pay for assets under management because they're getting good service and it's a good fit for them. And once you have a certain amount of money, sometimes that makes sense for part of what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. I have, I would say a lot of my clients look at their bank branch level and say, I am not getting the service that I need, want, or desire, (laughs) or I'm paying for here. And so then a lot of them, We'll go towards a robo advisor, mm-hmm. but then I also have some that are going all the way full on. Let's go DIY. We can do this ourselves. And so, you know, through all of this, I'm doing lots of education as to what all of that means. And really, what it comes down to are you getting good value? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The age old question. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I guess I should be, I'm more, much more open to it now than at the beginning of my sort of FI and FIRE journey as well, where it was kind of drilled into me. as like, You're, you can do this yourself. You can beat DIY. And I'm that type of person that I'm going to do it myself anyway. But as you said, the value, and it's like, for me, I've, re- I've realized that I, since I've been in my house for seven years now, I would probably be okay with paying a gardener <laughs> to, to take care of my yard. And you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I could totally do this myself. Am I just being lazy? But again, it comes down to, well, do I want to spend my time doing that? And what's that value worth, right? And if somebody is okay with an advisor looking after their funds because they value their time doing something else, then that's a personal choice. And I, you know, I shouldn't be so dogmatic like the fire community where a lot of times it's, why aren't you DIYing it yourself? This is so easy to learn. It's so accessible now, but you know, it really does come down to what you value. I, I like that. That's good. Well, that's the whole thing that I always have a problem with when, you know, people will, oh, well, why aren't you doing it yourself? You could learn that, whatever. The whole point of everything is to have choice over your time and what you're doing. And if that's not how you want to spend your time, isn't that a good value proposition to pay someone to manage that for you so you don't have to learn it and you don't have to deal with it and you can do what you actually want to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And especially when you're talking from DIY to robo-advisor, right? Like the yeah. costs are so small. It's, and it's so small. Right. And especially also if you're just starting out and you've got $10,000, like big whoop, right? Yeah. Like that isn't a big deal. So it's not until you have a, a large number that those fees are really starting to impact, right? 
Yeah. And I think that's a big one too, is it also depends on what kind of earning level you're at. Like if you're, mm. you know, if you're a doctor and you're making $250,000 a year, having 1% cut off your investments, like your savings rate can be so much more significant, especially when you're starting out with thanks to your salary than you actually need for the performance of your investments to still get to the same place. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why personal finance, there's no, everybody has their own journey, their own road, their own choices for it. Okay. I've got an accountant question for you guys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I threatened both of you that I'd have like accountant trivia and I'm going to like, I've got you guys little buzzers so you can have like a little face off here, like Jeopardy stuff. No, okay. actually I don't have any good questions. <laughs> But, but the question I do have is just in, in regarding spreadsheets, because I'm learning and I'm, I'm barely functional. <laughs> okay, we got to put this on YouTube now because you're both laughing at me. <laughs> Usually what I do is I keep one of the accountant spreadsheets that he sent to me and I modify it into what I want. because but You always them. break it when you do. <laughs> did, did you hear about the spreadsheet I broke of his? No. So we were running the numbers on the uh, Epic Alliance rental house that I was buying. And we had a, a big discussion. There's a whole group of people that were interested. In it. So the accountant kindly did up like the spreadsheet that shows the tax implications and the return and all the rest of it. And I went and ch- changed a few things in it and shared it with this group of people. And he's like, you idiot. <laughs> he hard entered a number into an auto populating cell, which just screwed up all the calculations. <laughs> he's like, don't. He says, I will never second guess you when you help me fix the brakes on my truck. So don't ever second guess the spreadsheet. (laughs) Or at least be smart enough not to overwrite a calculated field. I had literally highlighted the only cells (laughs) he was allowed to change inputs in and he went and changed another one. Yeah. Yes. uh, Guilty as charged. But the question really (laughs) that I want to get to is, do you get into any kind of spreadsheet training? Because I think a lot of people want to, if they really want to become DIY, or perhaps they're not using YNAB or something else for tracking. I think some basic spreadsheeting is something that a lot of people are lacking. And a lot of people... I, I feel like there's a little bit of fear when they look at a spreadsheet. And, and I get it too, because I look at a, a blank page of cells and I'm like, huh, I don't even know where to start here. Like, I don't even know how to make this, build this into something that's going to work for me. Do you do any of that kind of training? Or this question goes to both of you as well. You can answer after is, do you have any good resources for like templates or something like that? Jolie, go ahead. What do you think? So when I work with my private clients, I give them all the templates that I've mm. created. So uh, that kind of eases them in, right? Because yeah, okay. so the first session, we're talking all about values and all that. We don't even talk about numbers or anything. But then we start talking about, you know, their net worth and their spending, all of that kind of thing. And same kind of thing. I don't lock them, but they have a highlighted cells where they're supposed to enter their numbers. Okay. Yeah. And so they get comfortable with that. And then, you know, I've had some clients say, well, I've tried some of these budgeting software, these apps and stuff before, but it didn't make sense Mm -hmm. until I saw it in the way you had it in your template. And then something just went bing for them. And so I think No, I don't do formal training, but I get them used to it in an easy way. And then we can we can still you know modify them, of course, for every client. Uh, but they get used to how this works. And you know, some of my clients just keep using; they just copy new tab, same, 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 and away we go. And they're totally happy with that, and it's functional. So away they go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. nice. Accountant, what do you think? Have you had to sort of train people up on using some basic spreadsheets? And clearly I need some training, which you haven't given me yet. I've tried to give them so much training. So let's not, (laughs) I'm going to take him out of this equation. 
Uh, but I think one of the most important ones is just like understanding, you know, like basic adding functions to be able to sum a line of numbers. And you can, the best resource for this is honestly just YouTube. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, I want to know how to add, see how many different line items I have there. What function would I use? Like you can YouTube everything for Excel and there'll be a thing on how you run the function and how you put it in. So I honestly think it's one of those just like, hey, I've got, the value of my house, the value of my investments and the value of my RRSP. I want to see what my net worth is and add all three of those. Like, how do I, you know, start simple, start small, and then you kind of learn from there and build everything out from there. Yeah, that's good advice. Now I've looked online before and I think if people want or are interested in templates and stuff like that, you can find some basic ones out there and and save a copy and then start playing around with it, right? Yeah, I, I've messed up every spreadsheet I ever had, but they get back to function eventually. <laughs> Well, and there's a million different ways to set up any kind of spreadsheet you want. Yeah. So if it doesn't make sense to you, the template you find, move on, use something mm -hmm. else. Don't, mm -hmm. don't try and say, oh, well, so-and-so uses this. So I have to use that. Have you looked at, um, okay, so you know, Bob who writes over at Talkan on his blog, mm -hmm. have you seen his dividend spreadsheet? Did I show you that one accountant? Yep. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, he's got a great template for people that want to track dividends, and it it also has self-populating cells with it, it. It pulls from Google Finance the actual underlying price, so it keeps everything tracked really nicely. It's that was like amazing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting good enough where I can reference another page now. It's like, Ooh, this is good. Ooh. <laughs> okay, moving on, Jolie. You mentioned a little earlier that meetups you're super mm. active in meetups and you hosted i don't know if you hosted but you were a part of uh alberta camp phi mm -hmm. which is I'm, I'm a little jealous you know that the accountant and i went to toronto for camp mustache right i knew that you're applying i didn't know that you went oh or was this like this is a few years ago years oh yeah it well, <laughs> was a few years ago now talk, wasn't it? talk <laughs> about like the most reticent travel partner ever I had to win a lottery <laughs> to go to this camp mustache. I was so excited. And he's like, yeah, all right, I'll go to Toronto with you. I, the reason was because I promised him we'd go to the cocktail bar at downtown, which we did. And <laughs> we went to camp and we pulled up to camp there. And he's like, this feels really weird. We're going to a camp with a bunch of money nerds and we don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's definitely he got very introverted on me all of a sudden i said it'll be oh, fine come on. no i didn't <laughs> but it but everybody was fantastic we met lots of friends we had great conversations all weekend what was your alberta campfire like so we have a really strong group here in Calgary. So we meet probably once a month here in Calgary. And so that number one is fantastic to see real life people that are 30 and retired and they aren't engineers. They might be accountants, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> You're 30? Uh, this isn't me. These are the people <laughs> I'm meeting. <laughs> but thanks. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we already have a pretty strong, you know, group of us that get together all the time. And I'm not taking credit. This wasn't, this isn't me doing this, but you know, one of the members is spearheading. And so we've had two groups where the choose FI Alberta page, um, the members on there, we've set up 
camping in central Alberta. So everybody is welcome, not just Calgary girls and guys. Um, like we've had people from Lethbridge and Medicine Hat and Edmonton and Grand Prairie, like they come from all over the place. And just basically what it is, is somebody picks a date and um, books the campsite and I don't know, I get to be the mouthpiece for it and say, (laughs) (laughs) come on out, it's going to be a good time. And, you know, we just kind of go from there. Everybody brings their own tent or trailer or whatever they've got. We know some of the people when they come, but, you know, the first year we had people just showing up, even camping or even just day tripping for the first time, didn't know anybody. They're like, I don't know, let's see what it's about. And so just so fantastic to open everyone's eyes to say, oh, everybody's at a different stage in this journey. How can we learn and share? And, you know, what's the the topic of conversation tonight around the bonfire, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's what we found too, going to our camp was the, just so easy to get under conversation with anybody who was there because you have this commonality right away. It's like, let's talk about money and, <laughs> and in a safe space. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think the meetups are are super fun. Uh, we had one here on the island last week, which unfortunately I didn't attend. I felt terrible about that. But it is a great way just to sort of hang out with people like-minded, share ideas, find out there's, there's always something new that you learn, which is the coolest part. And even online, I like doing the online meetings too. I just find the online ones get crazy after there's more than like eight people. Mm-hmm. Like it gets nuts. Like you really need a moderator once you get into those bigger ones. You d- You do. Accountant, how do you like this beer? Uh, it's pretty tasty. I mean, it is very light. I would like it at a full flavor as opposed to the light. Like, I think the flavor is good, but it's lacking a little. It's a good lunchtime beer. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had to pick a three and a half percenter to have at lunch and then go back to the office, or don't go back to the office. Yeah, well, I got you out of that this afternoon, so you're welcome. Yeah, you did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, accountant, you I got to specify who, which accountant here, but the accountant. <laughs> you asked me for uh, some books recently because you have a young family member who's interested in finance and learning more at a young age, which is fantastic. What did you give him? What's Where's he at in his his sort of finance journey? So the first one I gave was uh, The Simple Path to Wealth. That's a pretty big read for a, a young a young man in his teen or preteen or whatever, wherever he is around there. May have been a little ambitious, but uh, he had asked me a lot of uh, fairly intelligent questions about stuff. And so because he had been asking me some fairly intelligent questions, I figured uh, he was up for the challenge. Nice. Did, did Have you heard back from him since he read it or is he still reading? No, I think he's still on it right now. Might be a six-month project. Took me a while to get through there. Yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> well, I asked that question because A, it's awesome that he's interested. And B, Jolie, as we mentioned at the beginning, that's a lot of the work that you're doing right now. You told us today before the show that you were doing junior achievement. What is How does junior achievement tie into finance for uh, young adults? So junior achievement is free. It's done through the schools generally, and they have volunteers that do the presentations. So they create the curriculum and I just get to deliver it with my color commentary as we go through <laughs> it. Perfect. I don't know why you guys are laughing at me. Seriously. <laughs> 
so anyway, so that's what junior achievement does. And they have different age programs. I don't know how young they go, probably grade four, maybe up to grade wow. 12. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's all just talking about money. You know, for example, today I was with grade sevens and we were talking about the basics of doing a budget and, you know, some investing and different online shopping, I think, which is also a really important thing because kids now don't Mm -hmm. deal with bills and that, right? It's a tap and go. Mm -hmm. And so every kid in the two classes that I had this morning has done an online purchase. Interesting. Wow. Seven. Grade seven. Right? How are they Grade even allowed? Seven. Well, I might, but I mean, some of it could be even as simple as buying skins for their games, right? Right, right. So it's not just Amazon and stealing mom's credit card to buy something, right? There's so much that's entwined with online shopping these days. So anyway, so that's what Junior Achievement does, which is fantastic. And all it takes is for the teacher for whatever class to say, Hey, yeah, I'm going to bring somebody in and arrange with the coordinator. And then the coordinator finds us volunteers that uh, we can go in and do that for the class. Is this Alberta specific? No, it's Canada wide. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Junior achievement, Canada. Of course I'm with junior achievement, Southern Alberta, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's all across Canada. That's awesome. We could look into our local schools here, find out who's running a program. And do I need to have any particular qualifications to go in there and discuss finance? No, because the curriculum is already done, right? So you're speaking, you're going through their PowerPoint. They have workbooks that they work through, right? Like, of course, right now, I, it was a virtual presentation, but usually I right. go into the class, which I really like to mm-hmm. you know, have a bigger impact, I think, mm-hmm. and easier to retain their attention, right? Yep. But it's all done there. It's not quite... Fi or fire oriented, of course. So I, yeah. that's where I get to, you know, add in some of the things. For example, today um, they were talking about GICs, and I'm like, nobody buys GICs anymore. <laughs> like, just forget about that. Yeah, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> this slide, this slide is irrelevant. <laughs> right, but then you know, TFSAs. These kids are only 12 or 13, but I'm planting in their head. Look up what a TFSA is because that's what you're going to use when you're 18. That's save up $6,000 for the minute mm-hmm. you turn 18 and mm-hmm. deposit that immediately. Yeah, exactly. There was mm-hmm. no way I had $6,000 when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So, well, and this kind of dovetails into the program that I'm sure you're getting to is that my daughter started her first job. So she's just going into grade 12 right now. So she's 16, first job and a zillion questions about what does all of this mean? And, you know, filling out like all these forms to get signed up and then, oh my gosh, what does this mean for taxes? And what can I do with my money? She's not a spender. She's a saver. So she's like, well, what do I do now? So I do have a course that I'm doing next month called First Pay Finances. And this is for anybody that's had like essentially their first paycheck in their teens or early twenties or whatever it is. And we're going to walk through all these things and say, okay, get that money ready for that TFSA when you turn 18. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a thing that, you know, half the time you got paid and it's like, well, I didn't know how, I didn't even know what to do with it. I didn't know that money came off my check. I didn't know that I was paying CPP or EI. I just thought I was going to show up with cash at the end of the week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a lacking like transition between being a school age kid and then going into the working world and there's no financial transition whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. Like even like you say, just reading your pay stub. Now, of course, again, in junior achievement, we talk about that, but you know, that's a one person, one day kind of a thing. And if you don't have a job, it's not relevant. So you mm-hmm. don't really care. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to have that job to be like, okay, now this makes sense to me. It's relevant now. Yeah. So now tell me I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I've got some, I have some additional responsibility now. The The mm-hmm. school age kids, are they getting allowances? Like, do they have money in their hand that they're, that you're, you're speaking to as part of that curriculum is like, okay, you've got a hundred dollars from Christmas gifts or whatever. Do you kind of get into that a little bit? Um, a little bit, but really it's a lot of just literacy stuff. Okay. One of the projects, for example, for today was they had to throw a pizza party. And so they had to come up with where were they going to get $200? How are they going to raise this income? And talking about multiple income streams, of course, comes mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And then how are they going to spend this money? Are they going to buy pizza? Are they going to buy wings? Are they going to buy pop? All that kind of thing. And not go over budget with their 200 bucks that they raised. Right. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good planning. Now, have you convinced your husband to retire early yet? Um, well, again, it depends what retire early means. <laughs> his latest, <laughs> his latest, he will be fifty-five. Okay. And yeah, we're we're talking about some things that we're not really announcing anything yet. You're not like, did you say? Did you say to him, hey, did you see that, Chrissy? Is she hit fire her? She convinced her. Well, I shouldn't say she convinced her husband finally decided to retire. So congratulations to Chrissy. Yes. Yes. Big congrats to her and well, and to their whole family, really. Yes. Cause that's, that's a, a big whole lifestyle change right there. And um, yeah, so we'll see what, what is in store. Well, that's exciting. And I know you keep super busy and, and I love seeing all your travel pictures and, and everything else. And it's been great having you on the show today. There's lots mm-hmm. going on and I, they can, where can, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn more about all the things you're involved in? So I probably spend the most time between my Instagram account. So that's at wellbeing coaching. And just to explain that, because uh, I know the accountant will get this a little bit, is uh, um, I'm a bean counter. That's why we're well-being yep. coaching. And so that's where you'll find me on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook there as well. And that's my website. Um, but between there and my Canadian Ladies Monday Club, that's where I spend most of my time chatting. And I always have free consults available to anyone, anytime, all the time. I love to talk about this money stuff and get you excited and inspired to take control of your money. So uh, whether you want to work with me or not, that's irrelevant. If you've got questions, um, book a session, let's talk it out. And hopefully you get some great resources and away you go. Perfect. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what it's all about is just as talking about this stuff and finding somebody to, to chat about it with. I've had quite a few people reach out from the show and just say, Hey, here's my situation. Just, I just want to talk through this. I just want to have a sounding board. So I know, I know you're very active in the FI community, which is why I wanted to have you on the show and you do mm-hmm. great things with all your coaching and all the rest of it. And yeah, it's a, the, the, people should reach out to the accountant though and ask him why he's drinking low alcohol beer and get advice <laughs> on spreadsheets. <laughs> low alcohol beer and spreadsheets. My calling card, apparently. <laughs> All right, guys. That was FI Garage for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Jolie. We will see you around on your Instagram and everywhere else. <laughs> Till next time. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll just keep it rolling because now I do there overtime. You go. Now you do overtime? <laughs> Overtime in the garage normally gets a little out of hand. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not even done my drink yet.
you were talking so much. You got to drink faster. We've we've learned to drink beers quickly while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of have to scald them in between talking because <laughs> otherwise things get a little carried away. <laughs> I didn't even get to bring up my story of when we first met was when you were camping. Like camping mm-hmm. ties into everything here. I know. And I was going to say something about how... Um, one way to be FI is when you're going to pay $700 to get your rig over on the ferry and back, you're going to stay for a month instead of just going for a week. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My wife's coming home today and they were on the mainland doing river surveys and they've got a 60 foot vehicle. So they're towing a big boat and the vehicle mm-hmm. and it's over height. And I'm like, Oh, that's, yeah, it's gotta be like seven, 800 bucks for sure. Mm-hmm. If well, you yeah. can even get on a ferry, they're all busy today. Mm. Yeah. We were, we were 51 from nose to bike oh, yeah. rack, and, but with four people, they count your people too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We were almost exactly 700 bucks. The kids wouldn't hide under the couch in the trailer. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the <laughs> propane tanks oh, because yeah. <laughs> like that is crazy rules. So anyway, uh, no, they couldn't hide under the seat in the, in the truck. So I've, I've hidden in the camper before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we need to, uh, well, I don't go to Alberta, so you'll have to come this way and we'll do a, a camp, a camp five BC. Why can you not come to Alberta? That's what I said to Chrissy too. I'm like, okay, so that means that you're coming to our FI camp next year. She's like, oh, I would love to. I'm like, I'm marking you down. You're in good. Done. <laughs> no, nobody in BC voluntarily goes further East than the Rockies. That's true. It's that's a big ask. It's mm-hmm. that's the rest of Canada. Once they would get past the rocks, that's like the rest of Canada. We I don't know. I think I think it just ends past there. <laughs> Isn't that just the drop off? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's flat from there to Halifax, pretty much. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, you're talking to a Sasky girl here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's even flatter up there. Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask you about your. Uh, do you still have your 400K minivan? You know, I should have gone and checked because we might have just rolled over 460. That's a wow. Nice. Yeah. She ain't pretty, but she's still taking along. (laughs) Doesn't need to be. I love, I love a good minivan road trip. There's so much space. Oh yeah. And so we bought it brand new a month before our daughter was born. And like, she turned 17 next week kind of thing. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So doesn't know us anything. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and money mechanic, I don't know if you heard, but we actually sold our truck. I heard you got a new one. We don't have a new one. Oh, I thought you were getting a new t- Tundra or Tacoma or something. Well, we probably will. Oh, okay. Then we can order. Just not yet. <laughs> so they're not on for order yet. So, uh, um, but the used prices are so crazy high right now. It's out yeah. of hand. It's out of hand and like we park it all winter. So we sold it and that's a big deal because, oh my gosh, that was my husband's baby. So, yeah. So Uh, what about the, oh, so hopefully you're hoping by camping next year, you'll have another one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I take our second vehicle off the road for the winter too, because it's just like, don't, don't need it. So, well, I sold my boat this fall. I was surprised. Why? You want to go like manpower now? What? Well, okay. So this is one thing that FI has taught me, or or maybe it's like mustachianism has taught me, right? Is that when something isn't bringing you value or happiness, then it's like, it's time to move on. And I think in my past life, I was much too emotionally connected to, like you just said, your 
your husband's baby was his truck. And, and same thing, I've had cars that I've been in love with and boats that I've been in love with. And you get this emotional connection and it prevents you from making a sensible decision, right? So, as, you know, we really enjoyed the boat. We didn't use it here on the coast for fishing as much as I wanted to, because basically my wife works on a boat and gets home and then refuses to go on a boat. So I'm like, well, this kind of defeats the purpose. And the accountant has a boat. And so yeah. if there was, if I wanted to go fishing, I could have gone fishing. So it's kind of like, we didn't use this boat here as much as I wanted to. And what we end up doing is towing it up to Port Alberni. You remember driving by Sprout Lake on your way to the coast? Yep. So we go up there and we use the boat on the lake in, when we're up there for a week. And it's fantastic. It's, a, it's perfect, but it's not really a lake boat. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like this best of both. It's ocean lake. And I was like, this isn't the right boat for me. That's the sad reality that I have come to with boats because I have a very just like it's a fishing boat. Yeah. And it's just a fishing boat and a prawning and crabbing and that's all it does. But there is no good option for like an all around boat because it's all around terrible at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it sits in my driveway all winter and yeah. collects rainwater and it's a pain. Yeah. So anyway, the decision was sell before the end of like good weather and it worked out really well. It sold quickly. And now I'm just keeping an eye out for a really cheap bow rider lake boat that can sit up at the lake. Doesn't matter. It's only a couple grand. It can park in the, you know, mother-in-law's under her um, carport carport, and then just bring it out and stick in the lake. Done. Mm -hmm. Way cheaper, less hassle, you know, and that's why we wanted kayaks because we love being on the water here, but we realized it's just the action of being on the water not having to go and get a boat or like launch your boat, go somewhere. And in a boat here, it's like you can get anywhere really quickly and you kind of run out of places to go. And you're like, well, it's windy this side. So we have to go over this side. Whereas with a kayak, there's unlimited places to launch here and just go paddle for an hour. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Just like, mm -hmm. it's so nice here for that. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's that story. And I'm happy <laughs> and I'm happier. It's one of those things. I'm happier because it's gone. Mm. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the fire journey things is you learn that to let things go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're not getting utility. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Have you tried kombucha before? Yeah. And I don't like it. Oh, you're not trying the right stuff. It's still that whole, I don't like beer either. So it's that fermenty yeasty. I don't, uh, okay. nope, don't mm -hmm. like it. Right. Yeah. Not my thing. Good. Well, that's fine. We won't send you any, you haven't sent us any <laughs> beer. So. You should have sponsored this episode. All we did was promote you. I know. I was going to my husband. You know, I was. We were talking about that before, and then he reached out and said, "Hey, do you want to be on the episode?" I'm like, "Oh, sure. That's even better." <laughs> okay, now you have to send us beer. I will send you beer. I will send you beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, do the beer too. I'll send you guys some beer and send us back some beer. Okay, I'll have well, my husband involved in that. Yes, I know he's the beer drinker, but yeah, mm. we need some more out of town beers. I've been delinquent on my beer tube uh, shipping recently. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of out of towners lately. No, I don't even know who this up because we didn't have the economist. I don't even know who bought these beers this this week, but no, mm. it is what it is. I don't even uh, know where the economist is these days. No, he's got a a new romance. Ah, uh, right. Oh. Yes, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's small business week. And so here in Calgary, Calgary Chamber of Commerce uh, did an online summit thing, whatever. And they had a little gift box that you had to pick up and whatever. In it came two local beers. I'm going to let my husband have those ones. But Ooh. yeah, so that's 
Yeah, there's lots of local breweries around here too, right? Yeah, you're. Mm-hmm. Are you Calgary proper, or you're just outside Calgary area? I, I'm right in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to UFC for a couple of years, so okay, I know Calgary decently well. Yeah. At least I know the den and the LRT to get downtown <laughs> downtown to the bar. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went there so. for a wedding and I got drunk. That's all I know of Calgary. Hmm. And I've well, driven, I, driven through and, f- and flown through. That's it. <laughs> I moved here for school in 95 and here we stayed. So, and, and with my kids in grades 10 and 12, like, yeah, we got, we got three years and then who knows what's next. Anywhere, anywhere is possible. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. Yeah. You got a, mm-hmm. a pending timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, and especially now when everything is work from home or work from wherever, that yeah. opens up so many opportunities. And if my kids are here going to university and they're staying at the house, well, great, they're my cat sitters. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you ready to do another property flip yet? Uh, no. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. I think I think we're solid. Otherwise, I'm not. It's not. It's not something that we got involved in enough to know and care enough. You know what I mean? Okay, so then that means that you'd like to invest in our new mobile home park. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because oh. there are there are so many people, even just here in Alberta, that are talking about big dreams. And mm. so when we get together for these FI camps and all of that, it's like so inspiring to hear what everybody is doing. And yeah, it's on the radar. Not well, my radar, but well, Yeah, that's Eric's I've talked to Eric yeah. quite a bit about that, right? So I know he's yeah. pretty vocal. He's got some pretty cool ideas. Yeah. And and big goals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy that's good at fire. <laughs> No, like he's like, he's, I'm, I'm fire. And I'm like, no, you just don't have to go to work anymore. Cause you work yeah. all the time. Yeah. He's that's a fire the whole frail. point. <laughs> <laughs> he well, might be, he might be FI, but he's not retired. No, no, exactly. Well, this is the accountant's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to be coast fire. I'm going to, I'm, I'm firing. I'm doing it. I'm like, no, all we've done in the last two months is talking about what businesses we're going to buy or what businesses we're going to start or what I, projects we're going to have. <laughs> I never said anything about RE. I just said I'm quitting my job, which I did. As of February, I will not have a nine to five. That's a long runway. Well, I work for my brother, so I gave him a lot of runway to (laughs) figure it out without me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I said the same thing. I'm off schedule for next year. So. And then we're going to start doing something really stupid. I'm a little worried about how much beer we're going to brew. That could be really bad for our health, but. Yeah, we'll have to moderate. Maybe we should become like fitness podcasters with the beer to like counteract one another. <laughs> Doesn't seem like something we're going to do, though. We should do treadmill podcasts or like no. uh, just like walking on one <laughs> while we're doing it or, or like riding bikes. We have to power the podcast with bikes. That seems exhausting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it might be easier for you guys just to market the beer that you make, you know? Yeah. Well, that's been a long. The problem is there's never enough of it left that you'd be able to sell any. 
I had to pull the keg out of my fridge today and take it to his house because I knew when the wife got home tonight, it'd be like, oh, that's a nice half of in the fridge. <laughs> and you had already drank your half. Well, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'm try- I think I'm going to get like a bathroom scale so I can like weigh the keg. I'm like, ooh, uh, it's half. I better stop now. <laughs> Very stop. technical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I better uh, finish off and make sure the house is uh, tip top shape for the imminent arrival here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, it was great chatting with you guys. Thanks. For yeah. It was nice on. to meet you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. I didn't have any account trivia for you, but I'm not really. I it was going to be like some <laughs> really bad tax code question that you'd hate me for and never talk to me again. So, Oh, I hate tax. Mm. <laughs> I just, I hate most accounting to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, and so speaking of which, have you been on Excel humor on Instagram? They all have. Oh, me. Lots yeah. of nerdy accounting jokes in there. Ah, yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe <laughs> I'll check that out. I'm not on Instagram very much, so we were we were all doing a uh, a 10k for one of the accounting firms that I article that, and I registered as I'll accrue your interest as my name. <laughs> nice. That's good. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. Have a great weekend, Jolie. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk again. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.